0: Everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Sustainable Investing Perspectives Podcast on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. Our conversation today will focus on several trends in sustainable finance to watch out for in 2021 in light of the notable ways investors have approached sustainability and have incorporated sustainability-linked themes into their investment portfolios. Our conversation will also reference the recent UBS Davos Agenda White Paper, a UBS Group White Paper on 10 Key Trends in Sustainable Finance, which was launched on January 28th as part of the virtual Davos Agenda meeting. You can locate that paper on the UBS Sustainable Finance Hub. So joining me here on the line for the conversation today, I'm glad to welcome Amantia Muhadini, Sustainable Investing Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, as well as Bruno Bertacci, Head of Sustainable Equities for UBS Asset Management. So Amantia, Bruno, great to be with you both on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us and looking forward to our conversation. Great,
1: Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having us.
0: Absolutely. And to get things started, Amantia, I know we have been talking about this over the past couple of weeks. The sustainable investing space is quickly growing. Uh, We're clearly seeing innovation across the board. And that white paper I outlined in my intro, it does talk about 10 trends. And we'll dive deeper into some of those trends with you and Bruno. But to start, what are the broad categories, Amantia, of the conversation that are relevant for investors?
1: Thanks, Dan. So, um, truly, I mean, there's so much happening in the sustainable finance and sustainable investing space, which we've observed. It's a space that is quickly growing and attracting attention uh, from all corners of the world, really. Um, and in in this paper, as you mentioned, the the UBS group uh, colleagues outlined 10 trends that will really um, help uh, sort of underline the pivotal debates uh, in, in our space. And, and I would say that the 10 trends can be categorized in three main, um, groups. The first is that we, we notice that there's an increased interest in driving impact, driving positive, intentional, measurable change across uh, environmental or social issues, you know, made positive impact on people and the planet. And we've, we're, we've seen this and we kind of discussed the trends on both engagement and how investors are increasingly using their voices to drive change in companies, as well as increased attention on impact investing specifically as one approach to sustainable investing that is really intentional about making a difference. Um, secondly, a second category of of trends that we observe and and we write about um, have to do with the specific developments across industries which will bring significant uh, growth uh, opportunities and and really will as you said we'll go deeper into some of these later but um it They're related to all of the innovation and the momentum around climate change, around innovation and solutions related to climate change and the problems, but also around um, innovations in in food and agriculture, such such as meat alternatives or the increasing importance of social issues with diversity being one key one among them. And then finally, the third group of topics um, that we see have to do with uh, developing um, infrastructure that surrounds sustainable investing and sustainable finance. And so here I'll mention just briefly the growth and of importance around data and, incre- and an increasing trend that we're seeing towards demands and also um, improving quality of data as well as um, increased um, kind of momentum towards transparency and coalition around um, standards that, that will really enable um, all of the kind of um, the actual investable opportunities to, to continue to grow in the future.
0: Well, thank you, Amatia, for outlining and explaining those categories for us. So, uh, Bruno, perhaps we can set the scene a bit. What has been the trend in SI growth and what exactly is driving it from your vantage point?
2: Yeah, so there has been tremendous growth and it's been accelerating uh, over the past couple years. And there are a number of things that are driving it. Uh, first, there's a bit of a, technical side of it which amantia uh, hinted at which is the evolution of the data that makes si investing possible in the first place and the broad understanding that this data is material and helps you make better investment decisions you understand more about how a company you might invest in actually works and it leads to better portfolio decisions i think that's really important and that data has moved from being uh nice to have to an absolute need to have in the acceptance of the materiality of that data by entities like the cfa institute and pension funds and so on so that that's an important part of it the other part is really the human element of it which is well uh, i use this analogy from time to time but there's a little bit of an analogy with food and what i would say is well, when i was a kid my mom would serve lunch i would never have thought of asking where did this lettuce come from you know or what kind of chicken is this it was just food but now people are very focused on food where it comes from what kind of food is it is it organic what about gmos and the same thing has happened with portfolios people want to know okay i got a return from it but what was in it? What kind of company is this? Does it make the world a better place? How is it managed? How does it treat its employees? What kind of supply chain does it have? Does it use a lot of energy? These are questions that are all new that uh, that investors are asking. And then the final part is, once you've understood that, again, ties back to what Amante is talking about. If you have a... um a personal philosophy or an issue that you really care about whatever it is gender equality equal pay uh in improving the climate well then you got to ask yourself do the companies in my portfolio advance that goal how do I organize my investments to help that make that happen and then how do I measure uh, whether that's actually happening or not all of these things are a huge tailwind to SI investing because they come from both the uh, the technical uh, stock or bond selection side of the equation and then from the human element, which is super powerful.
0: Well, I did like that food analogy, Bruno. Perfect way to convey what's been driving the growth in the SI space. So thank you for walking us through that. So Amati, I know we're seeing a lot of regulatory change around SI in particular within the European Union, the EU. So what is the Chief Investment Office's view on how new regulations could impact investors with globally diversified portfolios? And Amantia, do you expect to see similar regulatory and policy changes occur here in the U.S.?
1: Sure. So we, uh, it's true that we've seen a lot of government, uh, regulatory action, really, again, coming from all quarters of the world, but, that the European Union has been a, a leader in this space, um, for, for some time now. Uh, and stopping with the European Union for a moment, I, I'd say we're seeing two broad, broad types of government action. One type of action, um, that, that manifests itself in, Either regulation or fiscal support or legislative um, development is really focused around the climate. Change and the response towards climate change, and in particular financing for industries that are aligned to finding solutions for for climate change. Um, we've seen this in particular over the last year with the EU um, linking a lot of its COVID-19 recovery efforts and recovery packages to climate change-related targets um, to help advance the Union's uh, collective um, net-zero. Uh, by 2050 gold. So that's one part uh, of a kind of a, a type of regulatory change that we're seeing. The second part is really where we're observing a push towards additional transparency that is coming from the EU uh, with the taxonomy for sustainable investing, which seeks to systematize and then really provide definitions around what would qualify as sustainable quote-unquote green investment, uh, being sort of one, another branch of of development coming from that set of countries and then really broadly the continent. Um, and, And we see both of these streams of regulation as being overall positive in the long run, for sustainable investing strategies, um, the the efforts and additional financing and investment coming from governments on these climate-related, climate-aligned topics would be supportive of industries that are aligned to green themes like renewables or clean air and carbon reduction, for example, or smart mobility, which would really benefit as they're innovating uh, from the the uh, kind of more friendly regulatory support um, that they're experiencing. And then the broader effort towards transparency, uh, will in some ways be tied to kind of what now both Bruno and I are, are talking about a little bit, this technical part of, uh, what qualifies as sustainable and, um in the, in the long run it will be positive because it will result in just a- Potentially a higher, just increased investor confidence in in ESG, and and as it reduces the risk of quote unquote greenwashing of strategies being misrepresented as sustainable um, over the long term, and of course this development will will potentially need to. You know, there will be some time until it actually settles uh, and its benefits come to life. But overall, is positive. And you know, now turning back here to the U.S., um, we also expect the the new U.S. Uh, administration to increase its efforts and attention uh, on sustainability topics. And then uh, we expect, as a result, to see policy and regulatory changes occur here, um, where really we have seen this already over the last week, uh, with uh, President Biden signing an executive order on his first official day in office, returning the U.S. to the Climate Paris Agreement Um, And also mandating a study of the social costs of climate change. Um, Just yesterday, he created a White House um, Office of Domestic Climate Policy, uh, which will be led by the former administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency and also established a national climate task force. And and these are really only some of the actions that we're already seeing in this first week. But what they signal is that this government's approach to sustainability, and by the way, I talk mostly about climate and environmental related efforts, but um, we expect that the focus on social issues to also be strong. Um, so, So it signals really that their approach to these, all of these sustainability issues will be holistic. And so we expect it to be executed from all branches of government, be it from um, more significant regu- regulatory action or enforcement from the Environmental Protection Agency to potentially being reflected in upcoming. Regulation and legislation through Congress as well. So more, I mean, more to come here for sure. And we'll, we'll be paying close attention to this area, but we definitely, um, would expect to see the, the momentum coming from the U.S. government on these issues to increase and to really help uh, provide the tailwinds to an existing acceleration of interest in, uh, in sustainable investing in the U.S.
0: Well, thank you, Amantia, for the color provided on the regulatory environment. Clearly, a lot of developments to track, both here in the U.S. as well abroad. So, Bruno, there's clearly ongoing interest in sustainable investing, and UBS's view is that a green recovery is coming. But in addition to the opportunities, Bruno, what are the risks associated with increased exposure to those areas? Sure.
2: Uh, let me touch on a couple of points of that. Before before I do that, I just wanted to expand slightly on what Amantia has said, which is absolutely true. But one of the things that I don't think is well appreciated is that regulators are reacting to questions from the markets, right? That, uh, for example, uh, understanding whether a product is truly sustainable or not. Well, that's a question that an individual or an endowment or a pension fund uh, is asking uh, to provide transparency. And so the regulators are trying to put in place uh, uh, methodologies that will allow the market to work more efficiently. And the same thing goes with data. People are saying organize this data in a way we can make better decisions. Uh, and the regulators are reacting to that. This isn't something where regulators are dreaming this stuff out and imposing it on us. They're really just trying to organize things so that there's better transparency. But in terms of uh, the green recovery and risk, uh, there are a couple things. The first is, uh, the EU taxonomy has a little bit of sprucing up uh, to do, in my opinion, and in the opinion of other folks that are involved in this area. And that's because it clearly defines what are meant to be green investments, but it really doesn't uh, say much about uh, what you might call a brown investment or how a brown investment becomes a green investment even though there are actually some pretty good examples in the EU technical experts working group paper so i think uh, that's something that needs to be evolved there is a risk there's a risk that everyone piles into the same parts of the market and you've got uh, overvaluation going on in uh, in segments of the market that map to these ultra green Area, So we have to deal with that. And the other thing that maybe is not appreciated is the risk that we leave behind brown industries that need to become green. You know, we can't really lower uh, the curve in terms of carbon emissions unless we take all these traditional carbon intensive industries like steel and cement and whatnot and turn them into something that's, that's much cleaner. So solar panels alone won't solve the problem. And so these companies will need to issue green bonds and refinance their companies and raise capital to change the way their business works. And, and that's a risk. And so what I would say, look, uh, this is an industrial revolution in the making. There'll be tons of opportunity, both in uh, solution providers in providing capital to companies that have the, the wherewithal, the guts and the technology to change the way their business works. And I think uh, in the end, uh, we will be left with a much more robust, well-managed and much greener set of companies. And that's where the opportunity really lies.
0: So Amantia, as a follow up to Bruno's commentary, can you speak to some areas of opportunity that you see emerging that investors should pay attention to?
1: So um in, in a way I'll, I'll I'll just pick up where Bruno left off really cuz we we do agree on some of those areas of opportunity as being um important and and potential providing potential growth opportunities for the future. So I'd say um we started by mentioning a little bit private markets and and really impact investing and how investors are increasingly paying attention and they they want to know now what uh, what is the real world change that their investment dollars are kind of leading to. And we think as this uh, trend continues, um, really there, there are opportunities here that, that can provide this increased, increased transparency and also increased um, positive impact. And, and this can be expressed through either in the private markets, uh, through, through growth or venture or other opportunities that are explicit in how they intentionally target positive change. Change, Or in liquid markets through fixed income instruments um, like uh, multilateral development bank bonds, for example, which will provide an exposure to financing some, um, um, as a way to address the, some of the sustainable development goal challenges, for example, or through equities in, in engagement strategies that are um, very clearly looking to bring some of these brown industries, as as Bruno mentioned, towards um, innovation um, and, and to kind of help provide the solutions that we really need. So that's one set of opportunities that we see. And then beyond that, we also think uh, there will be opportunities related to this innovation that we've been discussing. Um, and so in, in particular, around um, climate solutions and, and themes, uh, which really are, are um Targeting sort of these these global challenges, um, so I think I mentioned some of them, but um, just to kind of repeat, we think that uh, green tech-aligned themes will, will provide good opportunities. Um, and those would be industries such as um, smart mobility, for example, or renewables, or even energy efficiency, which are either um, changing and evolving from current brown to to more to more green, to deeper, darker shades of green, uh, or or are skipping that stage and directly going to providing the alternative solutions uh, and the innovation that we need.
0: Thank you, Amantia, for highlighting some of those emerging opportunities. So uh, for this question, maybe, Amantia, Bruno, you can both weigh in. Beyond these specific opportunities, what are some overall takeaways on the future developments we expect to see in the industry?
2: One of the things that Amantia has talked about is the evolution of a standardized set of uh, ESG reporting metrics. And I think we're on the brink of that. And if you look over at financial data uh, for kind of historical example, well, what happened with financial data is that uh, the Financial Accounting Standards Board, which uh, sets the reporting requirements for public companies, uh, became empowered by the SEC to become the rulemaking body for that. And in 2002, the Financial Accounting Standards Board and the International Accounting Standards Board agreed to converge U.S. and non-U.S. accounting standards. We take all of that for granted. And, yes, it have started really almost 30 years ago. But this resulted in the, in an outcome where uh, accounting around the world is really, really similar. And so we don't need to be making the kinds of adjustments that we had to make before that. And we're on the brink of that. The The major data standards organizations uh For ESG data, have uh, formed an agreement to converge uh, what they're doing. Um, The uh, IFRS, which is the International Financial Reporting Standards Foundation, uh, is going to likely converge what it does with the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board. I think regulators are very, very interested in the outcome. And so we can see a world where the same kind of coherence and transparency that we take for granted for financial data will emerge for ESG data. And this whole alphabet soup of terms and organizations uh, will be uh, coherent, will make some sense out of it, and you'll be able to open uh, company reports and see uh, coherent data that's similar across companies around the world. So take a little bit of time But I would say uh, I'm a bit of a movie fan. This is a preview of coming attractions, right? This is is what we're going to see uh, a couple years down the road. And I think uh, the initial uh, previews of the movie are already on the screen.
0: Amatiya, anything else you'd like to add?
1: No, I think I, I wouldn't want to spoil the movie any further, <laughs> although I wish I could. Um, I, I, I would agree entirely with what Bruno mentioned. Um, this is very much potentially something that could really help to mobilize um, more capital if, as we're going to see this um, increased conversion and standardization of Disclosures and of data, then, um, lots of investor concerns around, um, the materiality of sustainability issues that we mentioned at the beginning would, would potentially ease. And our hope is that then additional investment would come, uh, from those who potentially now have remained on the sidelines because they're not convinced about, um, how companies are reporting and, and they want to be able to see it all in a, in a comparable way. Um, so just in complete agreement and, and really this will be a pivotal trend in, the next few years
0: bruno and amantia thank you very much for your time and insights today for walking our listeners and clients through these themes and trends within the sustainable finance space much of what you mentioned we will continue to monitor over the next year and beyond so very much looking forward to tracking this story and having follow-up conversations with you both but thank you again for joining us today
2: great thanks a lot bye-bye
1: thank you dan bye